This is the OKC82 Podcast with Chisholm Holland and Brady Trantham on the Franchise Podcast Network. Welcome to the OKC82 Podcast. Brady Trantham, Madison Morris, Chisholm Holland, live from the press down here in the Plaza District on 16th Street. Great food as always. Madison had the macaroni and cheese as a side dish. I did, yeah. Side dish portion and asparagus. Portions, portions, portions. Portion control. Brady had figs. I did have figs this time. This time. Last time I was lied to, and it's a lie that I'm still trying to get over, but I got over it. But you know what? You got the figs today, so it's worth it. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, And then I followed up strong by ordering another healthy dish. Clearly, you two were trying to watch your Mm -hmm. weight. And I order biscuits and gravy. There, there you go. go. Well, I, I this time I actually tried some of the fried mozzarella sticks, and oh my god, they're good. Yeah, they're good. I'm not kidding. Like, the, it just melts in your mouth. It's great. Love you it. can tell the mozzarella sticks here. They don't prep them in any way, shape, or form, or fashion until you order them. And I mean, like, they don't batter them. They're not frozen out of a bag. They drop into a deep fry. That's mm-hmm. not what's going on here at the press. No. These are special mozzarella sticks. They're outstanding. Uh, awkward tweet from the Oklahoma City Thunder this morning. It's seven hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Happy oh, birthday yeah. to Andre yeah. Robertson. Yeah. Oh, man. Could that timing I know have it's been his birthday. Better? So they sent him to L.A. Here, here's Happy like birthday. Here's $200. It would almost go. be weird <laughs> if they didn't. There's probably no right answer here. I'm right. sure the social media people, like, do we really want to tweet this out today? But they did. So happy birthday, Andre Robertson. Speaking of the devil, he's in Los Angeles. Happy birthday, Dre. What if they give somebody, like, that they added the roster later his jersey number? Ooh. Then it'd be really awkward. I mean, technically they can't, but... Stranger things have happened, though. The Thunder have done things before. Head scratchers, if you will. Head scratchers. No, good for Dre, though. I think it's good that he's in Los Angeles right now, just because people probably have so many questions on what's going on with him. So, I don't... I agree that it was probably good to have a change of scenery, but I also think it's... I kind of just want to get out of Oklahoma City so people will stop bothering me while I rehabilitate. Rehabilitate. Oh, yes. I think this is the best case scenario, considering that the alternative would just to be to come out and say he's just he's done, he's done for this season, and they are obviously wanting to err on the side of optimism here, and maybe sending. Do you remember him when he almost came back for the playoffs? I know. Do you remember no. when he was exactly full go no. <laughs> training camp? And the last time he actually talked to us, and I was there for that practice, it was had to be about a month ago. It had to be like four weeks ago or so. And he sat there, or he stood there, and he was in good spirits. He had just done, like, a conditioning drill, and he was still, like, breathing really heavy. You know, so he's basically what he was telling us was, really, to me, it's just it's coming down to conditioning right now. Once I get conditioned, I should be back real soon. And that was a month ago, and well, now he's gone. In his defense, real soon is relative. It is, yeah. Yeah. If you look at the span of his life, of how long he's been alive. Now, and the span of human life on the planet. Exactly. Totally true. Actually, 28 years now. Uh, I, s- I assume, though, we all agree that this is clearly him. He's further away two days ago from coming back than he is today. Like He's, oh, yeah. he's getting further away. Mm-hmm. He's not progressing yeah. towards the goal. He's getting quite literally miles away from it. Yeah, I kind of agree with what Brady was saying about it. I think this is just more of the optimistic approach to the whole thing just because I don't think it would be the right thing to come out and cause all this mass chaos by saying that, oh, you know, Dre's just not coming back. There's no way. Um, He's just done. Instead, they're saying, hey, like, he's still working hard. He's still doing what he needs to do to come back. He's just going to go to Los Angeles. So right now the team can focus and then he can focus separately. And I think a lot of the uproar about it was just the fact that people don't necessarily believe that's the whole story, including myself. But I do think, I, I mean, personally, I think that's the best thing for him to do if he is really trying hard to come back and do what he needs to do. 
just get out of here. Like, go to Los Angeles if that's where you have um, more free time. That's where you have people leaving you alone. That's where you have more time to focus and recenter yourself. Yeah, get out of here. Just go. So I kind of support it. This is also, like, a nuclear option, right? Like, as far as, like, the Thunder, here's the pathway. And I have this. I know you can't see. I'm pantomiming on a podcast. <laughs> but here's my whiteboard. And it's step one through step 100 of how to get Dre back onto the floor with a whole bunch of, like, if this happens, we do this. Yeah. You follow me? Sending him back home to Los Angeles away from the team, that's, like, that's going to be, like, one of the last case scenarios. That's that's really getting far away from the end goal. And I assume that they've exhausted a whole lot of stuff before they got here. And, that, and this speaks more to me, less about his physical health and maybe a little bit more mentally of kind of where he's at. Yeah. I mean, that's what Billy will talk about anytime that we've asked about him, about how his conditioning is going, what whatever the case may be. He'll always answer his questions about how frustrated he is because he's not able to play. And so you've got to think, okay, mentally, like where is he? And mentally, after not playing basketball for two years, being on the last few months of your contract, what could possibly be your final contract as an NBA player? So who knows what your future holds? I can understand that the stress and all that. And so, sure. yeah, sure, go to L.A., but this might be a silly question. Why did he go to L.A.? He's from San Antonio. Like, I get, like, L.A. is better than San Antonio. Go out there and relax, s- kick back, try and rehab at the same time. But um, I think that's why a lot of the questions at the scrum uh, yesterday that took place when Madison and I were doing the pod with uh, Deontay Burton um, a lot of those questions to start off with basically revolved around, is he something happened again? Is he getting a second opinion? Because when Paul George and Russ Westbrook have their off-season surgeries, they'll go back to L.A. So I think that's probably what perked all of our ear, um, our uh, eyebrows up in that sense. But, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, it's just the last-ditch optimistic uh, effort. And really, at the end of the day, if he doesn't play, he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an expiring deal. The Thunder are still going to be a tax team regardless, so it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and I hate saying that because this is somebody's life. Yeah. Their livelihood. Is, not their life this or is death their situation, life. but this is their uh, livelihood. It's their career, yeah. If you're one of those people out there who are saying, why don't they just cut him or wave him or whatever, first off, doesn't save him any money, so right, doesn't do the yeah. team any advantage. Also, you're a horrible person. Just know I hate you. Like, <laughs> don't, don't ever invite me to anything that you're doing because I won't come because you're an asshole. <laughs> like, and I'm okay. Like, you don't understand how the NBA works, right? And, and you're, you're not understanding about the especially the Thunder. This this is a t- this is a horrible situation for him, man. And I, right. I really, really do feel bad for him. And it's just it's just kind of where it's at. Yeah. No, I, I wonder if it's almost like uh, like a mental block type of thing too, just because he has been here doing rehab so much in Oklahoma City. He's been around the guys, and that's what kind of gave people hope that he was going to come back sooner or later. Because at least he was still training with the team. He was still being. Um, we, I mean, we would see him at practice, like afterwards, shooting around with some of the training staff. He would be out there with different coaches. And then obviously, like he would come over to the media scrum once in a while. And now he's not doing that at all. So it's almost like, what is the setback? What is, you know, what's going on? I feel like there's just so much more to the story. So people are probably, if they haven't already, losing a lot of faith in the fact that Andre may or may not come back. I mean, I don't even really have a personal opinion about it. I, I, what I was saying, like, I like the fact that he's in Los Angeles doing that. But now, like, Brady kind of brought up a good point. Like, why Los Angeles? I mean, if he needed to be around, like, family and stuff, he'd probably go back to Texas. But Los Angeles, I guess that's just where they can get the best of the best to look at him. Sure. So, I don't know. There's Los Angeles is a whole different world. So, I feel like there could be something positive coming out of the fact that he went to L.A. But, I mean, I don't know of any connections he has out there. 
And so I'm just like, what? what is this benefiting by sending them off to California? When do we start throwing the Thunder Medical staff under the bus? Now, I don't know if this is literally Wait, the same staff. We're not, we're not doing that? We're not? I, I'm... I've not seen all there. Or, all I, there. I've seen. I, I've heard the laundry I've, list of stuff, man. It's just okay. Because I don't know if this is the exact same staff relatively since day one when the Thunder came here in 2008. So that includes the Tyson Chandler snafu <clears throat> when he failed his physical, but of course later became a defensive player of the year in the NBA. Give it a minute. His foot's gonna catch up to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His foot's gonna catch on fire, guys. <laughs> it's coming. Um, you had the Kevin Durant season. You had the Russell Westbrook. Uh, he had surgery, and then he had to have more procedures afterwards. And Andre Robertson is just another <clears throat> example in that line of just unfortunate situations. And some of it, yeah, is beyond your control because I would assume as a medical professional, you perform your surgery, do your procedure, everything works out well. Okay, I did my job. But then human bodies are all different. Human bodies all work differently. Sure. So some things can happen. But it, it seems like that this franchise is snake-bitten whenever they – actually perform something and it goes well even thunder fans are now now conditioned to go well i don't know because you know hamadou diallo is now in the three to six week you know window to be reevaluated. and thunder fans when that news broke two weeks ago yeah he's he's not going to be back for like another month afterwards because we've we've seen this movie before absolutely <coughs> that sucks but now that it's just gotten to that point, did we just now. ruin your day? Was that just really negative? <laughs> no, that's, no, man, no, no. that's terrible. God, God Brady, we're I'm having a good so day. Upset. I like Hamadou Diallo. I love Hamadou Diallo. No, I mean, like, it's kind of sad that it's gotten to that point, just because if people are starting to lose faith in the way that the Thunder are able to take care of their players. But we absolutely that should. Sucks. I mean, yeah. Because do I need to well, do I need make a like list prime? of all the injuries that have had? Well, just glaring. Because well, uh, you, no, I mean, you guys and are right. Everybody. I'm not familiar with every single medical staff in the NBA, but the staff that left Phoenix for who, where New Orleans, they, New Orleans, like we know that they're exceptionally great. So we know that there Miami's are Miami's like, is also one of those teams. Yeah, Miami, uh, they're really good at getting their guys into shape. You know, Dwayne yep. Wade, <laughs> Chicago Bulls, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> Cleveland Cavs, Dwayne Wade, little chunky. Then he goes back to South Beach and gets prime Dwayne Wade body for the last haul. But um, we know that there are tiers. You just had to find a way to work that in. D Wade, baby. Um, we know that we have tiered medical staffs in the NBA. And the Thunder medical staff, they could check all the boxes, but the results have said differently. And I'm curious if the the stress of trying to – I don't even know if they tried to hurry Andre Robertson back. But simply putting a timetable towards his return and then the day that he actually had his flare-up where he had to have another procedure – that was the day we were all on the practice floor, and we saw him running, cutting, jumping, dunking, looking like an NBA player, and that's the last time we ever saw that. And then he had that second procedure, and it's been touch and, touch and go ever since. Like, I'm, just cu- like, I'm just curious, like, did they put too much stress on him for his return considering how devastating his injury was? Do you guys ever – I don't know if I'm, like, way off topic by going here, but do you guys ever wonder if it maybe is not necessarily his physicality anymore, but it's also, like, him kind of – I don't want to compare it to what Alex Abrinas went through because that's a pretty serious case, and that actually did come out later. But, like, do you guys ever wonder if it is almost like a mental block with Dre right now? Just because what I think, Chisholm, you said it earlier. He hasn't has played in a long time. It has to be and a And so it factor. has to be, like, I really do feel like also out in Los Angeles, it might not just be, like, getting him back into physical shape, but he may be, like, seeing someone, talking to someone about, like, getting more in that mental space again because that's a big thing, especially for an NBA player. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, Sean Livingston talked about it, obviously, who had a 
the worst injury of all time on TV. I yeah, his it's was like way up there. his was not only like just as devastating as Andre Arverson's. It was also much more visibly gross. Right. Was, yeah, that was. And gross. Uh, so anyway, Sean Livingston talked about coming back from that injury. One of the things he struggled with was not necessarily the physical health or like the doctor saying that he was okay to play. It was the fact that whenever he did play, it was sore and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And you're so wired that I'm recovering. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back. That anytime it's sore, anytime it feels hurt, it, there's yeah. a pain, you're terrified it's going to happen again. Yeah. yeah. And so there's an element of that to it. And I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but Sean Livingston talked about that with his career and about how he came back from his injury and why it took a little bit longer uh, than he expected is because of that reason. And I feel like that would make sense if Andre Robertson came back for the playoffs last year. Yeah. But now we're all the way into December again. We're, I mean, we're at a full two it, years. It, it just gets to a point where he understands that it's been so long that it adds to that stress. It's like, man, like, is it ever going to happen? Or, like, people are laughing at me or people are saying that I shouldn't be on this team anymore or even play basketball. I want to be out there. Right. Um, but, I mean, I know what you mean. Like, I tore my ACL and had a uh, another microscopic cool, surgery brag. in my <laughs> – is that a brag? I don't know. Just I just <laughs> like saying cool humble all brag. In, all in, I had two surgeries on the same on my left knee. Double cool humble brag. Ever since <laughs> you know, ever since what was it, tenth, eleventh grade. Ever since then, I um, every time I run, I feel it. I can feel like the soreness, and I stop because I'm like I don't want to hurt it anymore. Yeah, I mean I sprained my ankle <laughs> on college bomb. That cool humble terrified brag. Me. That's not as cool as the ACL. What'd you get? <laughs> Did you get a paper cut one day, Chisholm? Nope, totally healthy. I'm totally okay. <laughs> I'm just not athletic, which is the reason I don't play sports anymore. But you're like six foot five. That's not athletic. <laughs> That's not the same thing. Come on, just feed you down the low block. Yeah. If I was six seven, I think I would have played college basketball just because, like, fuck it, he's six seven. Like, let's just let's at least try. I mean, there were like point guards and stuff at least that were six one in college. You yeah. would have at least been a strong power forward. Brady Manick plays D one basketball, so uh, why not Chisholm Holland? Yeah. Because I can't grow a mustache. Chisholm Holland is next hold up. me back. Ah, mustaches. Uh, uh, as far as uh, the Thunder go, big piece came out about Chris Paul. From uh, Was it big, though? And I actually talked to Maddie. It Lee was an entire piece <coughs> about just Chris Paul. So Okay, so um, the po- Locked On podcast, which I do now, the Locked On Thunder podcast. So subscribe to that, everybody. Um, I had cool Maddie, plug. I had Maddie <laughs> Lee on today from the Oklahoman. And... Afterwards, we had kind of talked about that article, and we both had the same reaction. When we saw it originally tweeted out, we were both like, oh, wow, this is going to be awesome. And then we read it, and we kind of had this also the same reaction. I knew all that already. Nothing was learned in this <laughs> article. Uh, the stuff about D'Antoni I thought was a little interesting. Uh, the fact that him and James Harden have not spoken since. I think – I assume that to be true. Now, we both kind that of doesn't agreed. surprise me. Yeah, I assumed it was true, but no one had said that. Yeah, we, we both kind of agreed. Maybe it was just like Chris Paul hadn't been on the record with all this, but it was just widely assumed to the point where we know it's true. Like we, I think even the whole uh, Daryl Morey saying, we're not going to trade you a few days before they actually traded him, I feel like the Athletic had reported that the day that Russell and Chris Paul had been traded. So like that's just been in my brain. So, again, like Mark Spears is awesome, but – I read this article. I was like, oh, I thought I was going to have a hu- much larger revelation. Yeah. But this is not why I brought this up, Brady. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That is my bad. No, you're okay. We need to have I'm going to drink my coffee. We need to have that conversation. Come on. Oh. Big, big piece. Chris Paul, great teammate. Yeah. Loving it in Oklahoma City. Making the guys better. Shea loves him. Darius Baisley's helping him out. 
Guys, it's December fourth. When, when, right. when, when is the soonest that Chris Ball could get moved out of Oklahoma yeah, City? Was it? Uh, uh, oh, oh yeah, December fifteenth. Eleven, 11 <laughs> days away. So you're yeah. telling me eleven like days before we get this whole big schmuck up piece about how great of a guy Chris Paul is. He's the best teammate that's ever been. Even though that's just not been the case his entire career, but now all of a sudden he's incredible. It's a plot and scheme. Oh, it's a, it's a it big plot and scheme. Something something's coming out of this. Cute timing, Chris. I see you. I see you. Yeah, apparently Spears had uh, 20 minutes one-on-one uh, -on -one in the locker room with Chris Paul for that story, and that's all that came out. So I, mean, I could see that happening. I mean, mm. like especially a guy like Chris Paul who's incredibly savvy, not just on the basketball floor, but in terms of understanding the business of basketball. Yeah. The timing is the timing is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> now, having, now, having the only said thing all been that. December 14th. Like, if it had been the day before, that would have been the only thing bad. That would have been now, a slap Having said all that, I will give Chris credit. It's all very genuine in terms of, like, he's actually doing these things. He's actually being a good mentor to Shea and Darius Baisley. He's actually taking time to give them guy, give those guys reps mm -hmm. and instill confidence in those guys. So, yeah, Chris Paul might be doing this for the end game of getting traded away from here. But if you're a Thunder fan, you're at least getting a positive benefit out of this. It's not just all one-sided towards Chris Paul's self-interest. Well, do you guys ever, like, read this and think maybe this is, uh, like, a ploy to butter up the Oklahoma City fans so they're not all, like, pissy when he does get traded or moved out of here? And they're always like, oh, well, at least he had a great impact while he was here. Because I feel like it's kind of a buttering right now. I feel like Thunder fans like Chris Paul because of the historical tie. Yeah. And they like him, obviously, now because he's on the team. But I think that there's, it's always been not at arm's length but a little bit closer because they understand yeah. he might be gone in 11 days. He might be gone after – you know, during the uh, during draft night, for all we know. Yeah. But at some point, he's going to be gone. So you, you can't fall in love with him like he's Russell Westbrook Russ, yeah. or somebody that's going to be here for the long haul. No, I agree. Jersey's getting retired, though. I think so. I think it should. Put it up you, there. You, you, uh, you had that argument on this podcast a few weeks ago, and it piqued my interest. David Mayor David Holt agreed with you. So you and David Holt are of one mind. At so least obviously well, it's going to happen now. So does that mean I'm like vice mayor? Yeah. Pretty much. Just uh, I would hesitate to give your uh, number to Jerry Ramsey because he'll just blow your phone up now. <laughs> oh, is that what happens? He's like, oh, you're important? I'm going to need you on my uh, in Intimate with TV Jerry podcast. Can you jump on the franchise Just players? subscribe to that, everybody, by the way. Oh, yeah, please Go do. listen to Intimate with TV Jerry. Uh, <laughs> well, as far as uh, the rest of Thunder go, though, they're about to have a big road trip, 8-11 and 11 on the season. I don't know what you were expecting for this team so far, but – here we are going forward. How many more games have they got against New Orleans? And the Warriors. And the Warriors. <laughs> How many more times can Oklahoma City play the Warriors in New Orleans? So they beat New Orleans three times. They beat Golden State three times. So six of their eight wins are against two of the worst teams in the Western Conference, two of the worst teams in the NBA. <laughs> yep. yeah. They're doing well. Good doing for good them. Stuff. Good for them. Uh, Indiana, Minnesota is the next two games. Both of those are at home at Utah, at Sacramento, at Denver. Ugh. Chicago. Yeah, next week they're completely on the road, right? Yeah, sorry, yeah. at Portland, at Utah, at Sacramento, at Denver. Dang. Yeah, they'll but go lose to Portland, but please put out a better product than what we had to watch the other <laughs> night. That was that was embarrassing. That was just gross. Did they have six home games in a row? We're gonna be busy. Dang, six, six home five. games in a row. Aww. A lot of a lot of Flint pre and post games from one hundred seven point seven the franchise. One hundred seven nine the franchise in Tulsa. Boom. A lot a lot of home games here. This, is this team on pace? Is this team hitting your benchmarks coming into the year? This, is this where you thought they were going to be? I I mean, their record, if you just look at it, 8 Their jerseys are better. Their jerseys are significantly eh. better. Than I anticipated. They pop much better in person. Yep. 
Um, if you just look at their record numerically, they're a little bit better than what I anticipated. But then, like I just said, six of those eight wins are against trash. But going into the season... In three, the, in, we thought New Orleans was going to be better. We thought Golden State was going to be really good. Yeah. So... Um, so when you dig deeper into it, it kind of gives you pause to, like, okay, once they start playing middle-tier teams in the Western Conference, upper-tier teams in the Western Conference, I just – I don't know. But at the same time, this team has shown a blueprint of no matter how bad they can have, a, like, in a quarter, the third quarter, no matter how less talented they are than their opponent, they're always going to be able to put out a good product on the floor more times than not and put themselves in position to win games – and that's important, you know, for the fan base to mm -hmm. remain hopeful and entertained in the short term. They'll lose a lot of those games, which is good for draft positioning in the in the long term. Uh, but I think, I think the uh, seven, eight, possibly nine game losing streaks. I think those are on the horizon, despite uh, Chris Paul, Daniel Gallinari being on the team or not. Yeah, this road trip is going to be it if we see one. Uh, leading score on this team, do you know how many points are averaging? Uh, is it? Danilo? It is Danilo. Yeah, it was Shea. It was Shea. Shea was at 24 early in the year. Now he's mm -hmm. dropped pretty significantly from there. Do you know how many points Danilo got now where he's averaging his league score? Shea's like at 18 right now. He's like 18.4. 18.2? 18.2, and Danilo would be at, is it 19 or 21? 18 and a half. Oh, okay. Oh. There's not a single player on this team averaging 19 points or more. Oh. It makes sense. Like, the, the scoring is fairly balanced. Because you got Shea who does his thing, but he's been a little bit off in the last eight, nine games. Chris Paul picks his spots, and it's usually at the end of halves. First half, he'll, like, chuck up some shots. End of the game, he'll start chucking up mid-range jumpers. Dilo Gallinari gets four to six opportunities a quarter, which is still a little too little, for my, in my opinion. Then you got Dennis Schroeder who will just chuck it up. All the time. He'll have, like, good games, but then he'll have games where he doesn't really do much at all. So it's not really, like, a inconsistency type of thing with Dennis. It's more of, like, a like these stretches are really good for him, and then it, the next stretch is kind of better for another guy. So it would be kind of – it would be better for this team if Dennis was, like, more of a consistent shooter as well as, like, Shea and Danilo because then you'd have a bunch of good shooters on a team instead of, like, oh, it's this guy's night, now it's this guy's night. Did you uh, did you listen to the Brian Winhorst Who Collective podcast no. with Royce and uh, Bobby Marks? I did not. So, are you familiar with the extend and uh, trade? I think that's what it was called. And it was about Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, basically, okay. they signed a new contract. You could trade him to a different team. Yeah, yeah. I had I had actually forgotten about that factor, but um, Royce had actually mentioned that Dennis Schroeder might be the guy who who's traded in terms of like which point guards going first. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Makes sense to me, and, like, I'll just ask you this. Because I know this team wants to try to win in the short term when they go out there and play basketball. Like, the 14 guys that are on this team, they want to win. Is it good for this team that Dennis Schroeder, more times than not in the last few weeks, is leading the team in field goal attempts and a lot of those times in scoring? I, I just – I don't know if that's a good idea. No, it no, it, it shouldn't be Dennis Schroeder's show. No. And it, it's definitely become that way, and who I think that hurts the most is Shea. Yeah, it takes away opportunities from him. I mean, Shea is definitely having to play second, third, fourth fiddle in a lot of stretches and because Dennis is so aggressive. And he's uh, – that's a positive, I guess. If you and he's helped them win games before, like this season. So I don't want to, like, completely throw Dennis under the bus. But I think for Shea's purposes, for the team's cohesiveness, you don't want Dennis Schroeder chucking up 22, 25 shots a game. Yeah. It's just a little silly. Do you ever think that Dennis just wants to do that, though? Oh, yeah. Do you he really think that NBA players have this mindset of, like, oh, I need to set this guy up to be – like the bread and butter of this team. No, I feel like it's more of like a... He wants to show out. Like, I, I want to show that I can 
be better. I can be someone who deserves like more time on the floor, someone who deserves more recognition. I don't know. I mean, I would probably do that if I was an NBA player. For sure. For Selfish sure. as hell. Yeah, but I think Dennis is clearly trying to get his spot, and I'm not saying that's with the Thunder. I think that he's trying to prove that he has value. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, He's doing a good job. If I was a team and I had very, very limited assets and I needed to improve my bench, I, I think I would call Oklahoma City. Because I don't know if Oklahoma City is getting a King's Ransom by any stretch of the imagination for Dennis. But they could get something. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They could get something. and so He's a valuable player. He helped the Thunder last year when they were a team that needed a guy like De- a, a player like Dennis Schroeder, that tier of a player. Sure. So if you're one of those 15, 12 to 15 teams in the league, Dennis Schroeder would help you out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else you guys want to get to uh, before I got a scat? I'm a coffee. Yeah, so thank you so much to the press, as always, for having us Thanks, out. Thanks, press. As they do every single week. The food was great. Uh, you so should definitely good. come down here and enjoy it. It's uh, down here in the Plaza District, my little neck of the woods. Thank you, My little press. part of town. They do a great job. Um, and the wait staff and the managers are all awesome. So uh, come down here and hang out. Enjoy some uh, great food, some great cocktails. <laughs> he said a funny word. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys enjoy Wednesday next week when I'm not here. Vacation. Where are you Vacation. going? Go jump off a cliff. I'm going to Orlando. Fun. Are you going yeah. to Disney World? Disney World, are Universal tra- Studios. Are you getting traded for Jonathan Isaac? <laughs> I think Thunder fans would make that trade. <laughs> I think Thunder fans would absolutely make that trade. Franchise just picked up Jonathan Isaac. Let's go. All right. Till next time. Listen to Chisholm Holland weekdays from 6 to 8 p.m. on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise in Tulsa. Follow him on Twitter at Chisholm Holland. Subscribe, rate, and review all the podcasts in the Franchise Podcast Network. The Sam Mays Podcast, All In, Inside OU, OKC82, and Intimate with TV's Jerry can be found in all the places you listen to your podcasts. Seriously, just subscribe. You don't even have to listen.